welcome back to another episode of Get Outside with Kids, the podcast where we help you have more awesome adventures outside with your kids. We are right in the holiday season here in North America. And the day that we are recording this, Jen, it's been a day, right? It's been a full on day for both of us, I think. It has been a full on day. We both of us separately, but we didn't actually see each other, took our children to the mountains for that <laughs> first, first ski, ski day out. It didn't even line up because both of our days went so sideways. And it's, I think for me, I always have this, like that first mountain day. I'm like, it's going to be a magical day out with our family, you know, children who are five and three and the weather was perfect and we're excited to go skiing and the kids were definitely hyped up. But as you know, there is no perfect day out with children. If you listen to any of our episodes and the things that can go wrong, if you add in packing up all the ski gear, getting all the winter clothes on, finding out that you've forgotten an important item or something doesn't fit when you get to the mountain for that first ski day out, uh, things go sideways as they very much did today. Oh, yeah. We had, I think on both sides, like, like Jen said, we tried to go together but didn't see each other at all. And I think on both sides, on Jen's family and our family, screaming meltdowns. Like, I don't, the skis were thrown. <laughs> there was, a, in our case, a meltdown inside the lodge at the top. Uh, a lot of people looking at us. But anyway, all that to say, if you're planning big activities during the holidays, chances are there's going to be a lot of emotions going on. My kid does not do well when things change or when, you know, and that's exactly what happens when you have big events, that kind of thing. So, if you're living through it or you're kind of dreading the next couple of weeks, you're not alone. You're doing a good job and uh, we see all that effort that you're putting in. We have now been doing our podcast, Get Outside With Kids, for almost a year and we are having so much fun with it. We have spoken to a heap of amazing guests and today we wanted to go over our top 10 tips that we've picked up. I think when we started this podcast, Jen, we were like, oh, it'd be fun for us to have conversations and like kind of invite our listeners to join our conversations basically. And I just hadn't expected how many amazing guests we were going to get the chance to meet. I firstly, I didn't think anyone would want to ever talk to us. <laughs> so negative, Kate. So, so, give yourself some credit. Like, I was like, who would come on our show, Jen? <laughs> yeah. Well, it turns out some pretty amazing people. I mean, I feel really, really lucky and fortunate for these amazing connections we've made. We made some amazing connections right here where we live in Port Moody. And then we've also met people like across North America, which I think is really fantastic to be connecting with people all across North America. And the stories often are the same, which to me, I find really interesting too. Like sometimes you get so caught up in your own microcosm or like, is this like a West Coast thing? And then we've connected with people on the East Coast of the United States who have these amazing stories to share. Um, and I've really liked kind of just connecting with that community of parents and moms and people who want to experience the outdoors and, and so many amazing tips, um, a few of our top 10 that we're going to share here tonight. So to kick off this list, let's head back to episode 20 uh, with Lauren McLean. Uh, she is the author of uh, My Sit Spot, and she just recently did another edition of that. Make sure you check the links for where you can buy her book. And it was really all about connecting kids in nature and finding this quiet time in nature. Um, she runs a number of programs in schools and for us here, because Lauren happened to be local, um, I really thought it was interesting about how we could advocate for more nature time with our schools, depending on the type of school or classroom that you're in, you may have more or less outside time. So I think it was really powerful, some of the work that she's doing to advocate for more um, outside and nature-based learning and really grounding kind of kids with nature and how nature could really act as that kind of calming um, element for them to help them recognize and learn about the environment that you're in. So really interesting. Head back to episode 20 and check out her book for more details on that one. I also liked that it was like, play is learning. 
And that's kind of what she was saying. Being outside is learning. Number two on our list of top tips we've learned this year comes from episode way back at the beginning. She's actually our first ever guest, Jane Peel Scolomietis, who was on in episode seven. And she's an outdoor play specialist. The piece of information that I have taken from Jane's episode all those months ago, and I still think about right now, is that number that it takes 45 minutes for our kids to really get absorbed into their play. 45 minutes minutes. So when we only have 20 minutes to take our kids to the park or to go for a walk around the block, they're not really getting into their play. And I think that kind of blew my mind. I was like, I'm not giving my kids enough unrestricted time outside. The other thing that I love that she talked about was the loose parts that you take these kind of toys that don't have any prescribed use. They don't even have to be toys. I took an egg carton to the park and my kid went and collected rocks and made a friend. It was amazing. So that idea that you can take these sort of things to the outdoors and your kids can learn how to play with them. Yeah, it was one of my favorite episodes because she talked a lot about risky play as well. And I remember at the beginning, Kate, she asked us to envision our own childhood and what that looked like. And we both had similar kind of callbacks to like, yeah, I guess our kids, our parents just sent us outside and said, come back for dinner. Um, and so much of that now doesn't exist in today's society for for so many reasons. So I really liked um, reminiscing with her about that. Um, and speaking of reminiscing, on episode 41, we chatted with your parents, Kate. Um, they were so lovely chiming in all the way from Australia. Um, after many tech challenges, we were able to get all four of us <laughs> online. You didn't hear it on the podcast, but we spent like we 35 <laughs> minutes trying to set up that episode. Thank you, Pete and Sue, for joining us on the podcast, Kate's Parents. Um, and for me, hearing it directly, I've had the, the pleasure of meeting Kate's parents at times they've been here in Canada. So it's been awesome to get to know them a little bit, but I've never really sat down and had that kind of time to hear their story. And I love that their parents, your parents, Kate, had like the best stories of chucking all three kids in this camper van and being like, ah, I mean, I guess we'll just drive to the other side of Canada, the other side of Australia, wherever they were. They just really had this gumption of just like, yeah, you just chuck the kids in the car and you just you just go. And and most of the time, caveat, um, it did seem to work out. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun, really fun experience to talk to my parents, <laughs> interview my parents. And we know a lot of you've really been enjoying that episode too. So um, thank you for your comments and your, your messages to us about it. It's been really fun to hear. Um, our next top tip came from um, another very early guest, our friend Kaylee Sutton, who is uh, the founder of an awesome business on the Sunshine Coast, Coast Kids Research shop and she also lives in a tiny home and the thing that really stuck out to me from that was that you know your indoor space actually affects how much time you spend outside and that by simplifying your indoor life and removing the things removing the space it actually forces you outside and i love that idea um and it's something i think about too is like we doesn't have to we don't have to have a million things inside our house we don't have to have a million toys what we need is the impetus and the urge to like push everybody out. <laughs> That's actually far better for us. And I love that. Yeah. So thank you, Kelly, from the Sunshine Coast. Um, and she lives in one of those beautiful, beautiful, tiny homes. And we say tiny, it is quite small, but it's one of those like custom designed, beautiful homes. Um, and it's been really cool to see how she's been able to explore the outdoors more. So that takes us to episode 43. We had Cheryl Zambergen on and we didn't. I did. 
I did not. No, I did not. I was not there. Um, I actually had a stomach bug because children are wonderful and they bring home wonderful things from daycare. So I had to cancel the day of because I was like physically unable to sit up in bed. Uh, but Kate had the pleasure of po- <laughs> uh, doing the podcast with her. I had the pleasure of listening to the recording later. Um, and I, of course, had lots of emails and um, Instagram messages back and forth with Cheryl. She is the founder of Moms Gone Wild. And what I really liked from you know hearing the recap myself of that episode um, and just having the conversation with her in email was that Cheryl's really about reclaiming the space for uh, parents and you know and moms in her case taking back their own fun. Um, I think about like today's the perfect example. I felt like I spent all of my time and energy making sure my kids were having a fun day skiing and my kids were having a best day. But I rarely do that for myself. Like I rarely put myself first for fun um, and arranging a fun day. Um, and thanks to Cheryl's inspiration, myself, Kate, and two other moms actually went out and did have a fun day. Just last weekend, we went to Wild Play, which is like one of those aerial ropes course um, out here in Maple Ridge. I may have forgotten to tell everybody that I'm actually quite terrified <laughs> of heights. I forgot uh, but to I did ask. survive. I did the course. I, <laughs> I thought your hesitation was just like, oh, maybe I'm busy that day. And so I just signed you up. But anyway, for anyone listening, Jen is uber scared of heights, but she did it anyway. That was pretty cool. Speaking of awesome mums, in episode 46, we had our amazing friend Laura Van Dormel on the episode and she has two kids. She lives here in Vancouver as well. Um, And her youngest kid has a disability. And so Laura was taking us through her kind of experiences trying to get out in the outdoors with a disabled child. And I think lots of big takeaways from from that episode for for me, hopefully for lots of our listeners too. Um, and for anyone who's been following Laura on her journey um, through this, you know, from diagnosis to now and her kids about two and a half, but basically like realizing that accessible play spaces benefit everyone. People with disabilities are part of our community as well. And there is absolutely no reason that they should be excluded from places because it's too expensive or because it's too hard because they're part of our community as well, of course. Um, The other thing that I think really uh, stuck out for me from Laura's episode was that advocating for inclusive and accessible spaces cannot rest on the parents of disabled kids. If you know any parent whose kid has a disability or has medical complications of any type, you know that they are the busiest probably most stressed parents in the world. It cannot rest on them. They're amazing advocates for their kids when they have to be, but they need some rest. So it's on everybody to be able to say, we need accessibility in our worlds. This playground needs to be accessible. So I think that part is like, we can all help. Yeah, there were so many great tech takeaways uh, from that episode. If we dial it back to one of our earliest episodes in episode 16, uh, we had author Stephen Huey on. Stephen is the author of a number of hiking books, including one about kids uh, that he just put out. So of course, we had him on the podcast right ahead of that book launch, and we'll share that link in the chat. And when I was talking with Stephen, you know, he's written all of these hiking books and, you know, he's got a son who he's taken out hiking, uh, obviously a lot. We've got a whole book about kids hiking trails. And so I kind of went into the podcast episode thinking like, oh my gosh, Stephen, like they've probably done all this epic things and his kid's probably like an expert hiker. And he had a lot of the same challenges as the rest of us. Like, I think it was actually refreshing to be like, some days my kid doesn't want to hike. And some days I do the two kilometer hike because that's all we can manage. And I was like, Okay, so even someone as, you know, certainly as knowledgeable as Stephen, who's written an entire book, really, really well versed in the hiking industry here, their kid, same challenges. So it doesn't matter how many hikes you've been on or how many books you've literally written about hiking with kids, your own kid may in fact not want to go a hike. And that's completely normal. I found it really comforting. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like my kid's favorite hike is 1.8 kilometers long. I was like, yes, okay, cool. Our next top tip came from a recent episode, uh, episode 45 with Angela Hanscomb. And oh my gosh, Jen, I could have talked to her forever. I found it so fascinating. All the things that are going on inside your kid's head, inside your head, your vestibular system, and how intense activity, going upside down, spinning, running around, all of these things are so good. You might even say essential for kids and that we are restricting that movement. And I think of all the ones that I've just sort of mentioned here, that one was the most like, oh my God, I never thought of it. I just hadn't thought of this stuff. I hadn't thought of why kids fidget and how they fidget and how they need to move and what their bodies are instinctively trying to get them to do when they're trying to make them fidget. So that one, I think to me, had the fastest change on my parenting. My kid was spinning around in a circle again today and I was watching her and you know, there was a part of me before talking to Angela that would have said, stop spinning, you're going to make yourself sick. I'm like, no, what I really mean is I'm going to make myself sick looking at her because my vestibular system is so messed up. <laughs> she needs to keep on spinning forever. It's great for her balance, great for her core strength. Spin away, kid. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, those spinny ones at the park, uh, there, there's a lot of these like little spinny rides. And before I would have been like, oh, don't go too fast or don't spin at all. And now I'm like, who needs some extra spins today? Let's get some spins <laughs> in before we leave the park. Okay, who needs a few? more around. No, I thought her episode, uh, Angela's episode was just super fascinating. And and she talked about how many hours kids sit for. Um, you know, kids have to sit in classrooms and then they come home and you sit at the dinner table and then maybe they sit and watch TV. And it's really sad when you think about it because kids are not meant to sit like at all. We all sit too much, myself very much included in that. And so anything we can do to break up that sit time when we can, obviously there are times when your kid must be seated, but anything we can do to kind of limit that sitting time or break it up with these other activities is really, really beneficial for their growth and development. The next tip we were thinking about came from Brie Brunner, who we had on the podcast back in episode 35. And she is a huge advocate for gardening. Um, and the thing that really stood out to me about that was how wonderful gardening is for kids in so many different ways. It engages their senses, all of their senses. It's really good for their fine motor skills and gross motor skills and powers of observation, all of these things. I think the other thing upon reflection, Jen, with talking to Brie was she got into her whole gardening journey at the recommendation of an occupational therapist. So somebody like Angela Hanscomb from the previous episode changed Bree's life and changed her kid's life. And I think that to me was like, I mean, obviously medical professionals are really important, but I just hadn't heard of those recommendations so directly until we talked to Brie. And I thought that was so cool that like a medical professional recommends something and it has all these knock-on effects. There's so much power when a medical professional recommends something to you and says, this is what you should do. It's so much more powerful than me or Jen. <laughs> no offense, Jen. <laughs> saying, you, hey, saying? you should Jane, get you outside saying? of your kids. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I thought Brie was awesome and I love watching her Instagram account on Monster Tables and seeing all the great things she's growing in her garden in Florida. Yeah, and, and one thing she mentioned on that episode too was that I remember her saying like I wasn't going to set up a separate garden for my kid to be like that's your space, play over there, don't bother me in my space. It was the fact that they created this one garden all together and she was like, "No, we're doing it together. I want my child to be involved in my space and 
don't really care if it goes wrong. Like it wasn't about having this perfect garden. I mean, although her, honestly, her Instagram photos are stunningly beautiful, but it was inviting the child into the space. Like so often we can be like, well, I don't want things to get ruined or dirty or messy or broken. And then the kid doesn't really have the same experience versus Brie was like, nope, here's how you do it. And I'm going to teach you. And yeah, sometimes you're going to pick off those tomatoes before they're, before they're ripe enough. Or sometimes we might kill a plant with too much water, but like, that's okay. That's part of the process of learning. And that brings us to our, our 10th tip. Um, and we could not have a list that did not have Pete Clarkson on it. Uh, both Kate and I know Pete Clarkson um, from our time back at the Vancouver Aquarium um, and through other kind of different avenues. And we've done some shoreline cleanups with Pete. Uh, that's back in episode 39. And Pete lives out in Tofino. And Pete used to work for Parks Canada. He's retired now. And he lives his days out in Tofino. He's been there for quite some time now. I think he said like 20 years. Maybe it was even more on the podcast. But he's lived a good portion of his life out in Tofino. Beautiful, beautiful spot on the West Coast and he's raised his sons out there. And really just listening to kind of his stories growing up, again, kind of a bit of a different generation. Um, you know, he, Pete was so into the outdoors, of course, and conservation and, and making a difference, um, really into beachcombing. I mean, fascinating stories on that episode about some of the beachcombing stuff. And for Pete, the takeaway for me was because he's had the time to reflect on it. Some of our other guests are like us, or we are, you know, we're raising the little ones and we're still kind of in that little stage. But Pete's son are, I think they're in their 20s, they're grown now. And so he was able to look back and kind of say, was it worth it? Because that's been our question for all of this. Was it worth it to, to encourage your kids to be outside and encourage that con uh, connection to nature? And Pete was able to say yes. So, so that was great. Um, it was great to kind of hear how his sons have grown up and what kind of impact their lifestyle has had on them and how it's benefited them in a positive way. So Pete had some really, really interesting stories to share on that podcast episode. Uh, but for me, it was really great to hear that kind of nostalgia looking back on it. Pete is also just a really good storyteller. And I know a lot of you have commented to me um, in conversations that his voice is incredible <laughs> and his laugh that like, oh, oh, oh. So we're already looking for ways to get many of these guests back on the podcast in the future. And Pete is definitely top of that list because he has the most amazing stories and we want to be able to share more of them with you. If you missed any of these awesome episodes, just from these top 10 tips that we've shared here, we'll drop in all of the links, all the full names of the episodes so you can go back and find them if you click down into the show notes. I think the overall thing from all of these guests is that it was kind of all there in our name, Jen. When we named our podcast Get Outside With Kids, Every single guest we've had on, they've talked to us about how important it is to get outside with our kids. And I think we knew that when we named it this, but uh, there's so many different aspects of this that I'd never thought about, about education, about risky play, about you know your indoor lifestyle versus outdoor, about accessibility, about the medical professionals who are part of our lives and about what it means between expert hikers and beginner hikers and kids and all of these sorts of things. So I think for me, it's like broadened my scope of why it's important so much further than I had even imagined was possible. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like me and you have only convinced ourselves more. Like we certainly believed in the mantra of, of get outside with kids, but I think every episode we do, it's like their main takeaway was like, you should just get outside with your kids more. Like whether they again they were coming from a science background or they've written books, like it all kind of came back to however getting outside looks like for you. And certainly that looks different in different places. And sometimes it's a big day adventure and a big hike. And some days it's 20 minutes. Some days it's finding a quiet sit spot in nature. And some days it's walking on your local beach. Uh, but however getting outside looks like for you, there are just so many benefits for both yourself as the parent or caregiver 
and for your children. And we know through the science and through the amazing guests we've had on already and some of the ones that are coming up, um, the science really backs it up. And I think for me as a parent, sometimes you do, like Kate said, like don't just listen to us, but these medical professionals who we had on the podcast um, have, have backed it up with so many studies of just the long-term benefits of just having this, this unstructured outside time with your kids ultimately. So yeah, make sure you listen to all of those episodes. We know you've got so much time in your hands with the holidays. <laughs> Um, We'll actually be having a special episode next week. We're going to recap some of the messiest, muddiest mistakes from our guests. So so when you tune in next week, you're going to hear those stories all packed together, the stories of when things went pretty badly wrong. Um, And, yeah, we hope you'll you'll be back again to join us next week. If you would like to leave us a comment or DM us over on Instagram where you can find us at Get Outside With Kids. We love hearing from you over there. Don't forget to hit five stars on Spotify or on Apple. And if you want to tell a friend about the podcast and how much you love it, you will be our best friend forever. We'll be back again next week with another episode of Get Outside With Kids.